Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with the mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether five, eight, or ten dollars, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there. A 10-day itinerary will give you a chance to see the complete Morocco, from the north to the imperial cities, then the middle, then the south of Morocco and the desert. A 10-day, in my opinion, is a really perfect itinerary. Welcome to the Destination Morocco podcast, the show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azadeen Al-Mustakim. In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities. Real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself. Our goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to Morocco. Our company... Destination Morocco builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like a local. Follow us at destinationmorocco.co. And now, let's go exploring. Good afternoon. This is your host, Azadine Al Mustakim. In today's episode, we have our producer, Ted, with us, and we're going to do some Q&A. Yes, nice to be back. How are you doing, Azadine? Excellent. Glad to have you back again. So we figured today we would chat about taking tours to Morocco because I think the majority of travelers to Morocco will likely go taking a tour of some kind, an organized tour, a guided tour. Uh, there's certainly a fair share of independent travelers, but we kind of figure that for most people, at least if that's your first time perhaps to Morocco, you likely want to be introduced to the country on some kind of a tour. So then the question is, well, you know, what would that look like and how would we approach it and where do you begin and then how does it all kind of unfold? So that's what we're going to chat about today. Excellent. If people were interested in taking a tour, is there a set length that at least you recommend or does it really come down to what their needs are? It really comes down to what their needs are, but I would always recommend 10 days. Okay. They can always go more than 10 days if they have the time. Yeah. Normally, Americans uh, don't have that much time. So that's the reason why I recommend 10 days. And that allows you to kind of cover enough of the fundamentals and get a good sense of the country? Yes. Uh, basically, a 10-day itinerary will give you a chance to see the complete Morocco, from the north to the imperial cities, then the middle, then the south of Morocco and the desert. So a 10-day, in my opinion, 
is a really perfect itinerary. Okay, so 10 days. What's a good example of a typical itinerary that people would cover in 10 days? An example itinerary, we do the pick-up and drop-off from Casablanca. So the arrival and departure are from Casablanca. When we pick you up the first day, we take you to the hotel where you're staying, and then we just go over the itinerary and the details, making sure that everything is exactly the way that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then you take a day off. Because of the travel, we want you to rest for the rest of the travel. We, we're not going to go anywhere for that first day. We'll do dinner, hmm. but we're not going to see anything. There's no sightseeing for the first day. On the next day, basically, what we'll do is we'll pick you up from your hotel or Riyadh, and then we do a little bit of sightseeing in Casablanca. And that should take us, I would say, about three hours for all okay. the sites. Is that by bus or is there some walking as well? If it's a private tour, then it's a private car. Mm. Uh, the car is not shared with anyone. So it's just the party, you know, if it's two, four or six people. Right. And they have their, their own private car, their own private driver, their own private tour guide. And that's how the sightseeing is conducted. Now, if it's a, a score tour, that it's different depending on how many people. And it can be either a 15 passenger minibus or a 48 passenger coach, motor coach. Um, there's not a lot of walking in Casablanca. I mean, just short distances. And then after that, we hit to Robot. So the same thing for Robot. When we go to Robot, the sites that we see in Robot, they are next to each other, actually. They can be in a walking distance. So there's okay. really not a lot of walking involved as well. So you start with Casablanca, we go to Rabat, and they're fairly close together, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The drive from Casablanca is about 45 minutes to Rabat. And normally, the sites that we would see in Casablanca is the Hassan II, the mosque, then the Cornish of Indiab. And then in Rabat, we see Casbah uh, of the Udayas, the mausoleum of Muhammad V. And also, we see the Hassan Tower. And then we have a dinner, and then we take you to your hotel, basically. And then on day three, that's when we pick you up again after breakfast from Rabat. Then we drive you all the way to Shefshawan, which is the blue city, uh, the blue pearl. It's included in most itineraries, and a lot of people request Shefshawan to be in their itineraries. Yeah. How close is that to uh, Rabat? I would say probably about three hours. Okay. Two and a half, three hours drive. And then day four, then we go to Fez after that. Fez, it's the oldest city in Morocco, and there's a lot of things to see in Fez. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So depending on the itinerary, if you have one day, two days, or three days, things to see, for example, is the Royal Palace, the Jewish Quarter, the uh, Al-Qarawin University, the Tanneries, mm-hmm. uh, At-Tarin Museum, Muleidris, Mosaleem. So there's a lot of things to do and see in Fez. Uh, and it's neighboring Meknes as well. Meknes is a smaller city. It's closer city to Fez. But it mm-hmm. also has a lot of things to offer to tourists. Okay. So now we're up to day five, is it? We're actually here. We're day six. So that's when we depart mm-hmm. Fez. And we'll go to Ifran. If you go see Ifran, it's a little bit... It doesn't really fit like a Moroccan city. Uh, it's called the Switzerland of Morocco, because it's, it's nose, it's mountainy, it's, it's really, really nice. Hmm. The landscape is incredible. It's really, really amazing. And also from Ifran, we go to Azro. 
it's in the middle of Atlas. There's a cedar forest, and that's where, you know, it's kind of weird, but there's some type of monkeys that live in the forest, and it's a very popular destination for tourists to make that stop, and, and the monkeys come out, and they like it when people feed them. So it's kind of a little bit strange, but it's it's very popular thing to do. Okay. Yes. After that, we continue to, to Middleton, and then we go through Ziz River. Ziz River, it's, it's very large. It's very big. It's one of the biggest rivers in Morocco. And then we get to the, uh, the Gorge Valley. It's a really canyon. Uh, if you've seen images of it, there's a little bit of river that flows by. It's kind of small, a little bit of water. But also on top of that canyon, there's cafes and stuff where you can sit. And the view is just, it's incredible. And this is wow. way before going to Merzuga. And also the drive, if you see, we have departed from Fez to Merzuga. It's a really, really long drive. So what we try to do, if you're driving from Fez to Merzuga, normally it's around eight and a half or so hours. We try wow. to break it um, yeah. into an additional stop. And normally we do either middle to somewhere along the way. That way it doesn't seem like it's a really long drive. That's good. Well, still, if that's eight hours or so in one day, that's a pretty full day of, of traveling. Yes, yeah, it is. And also, we do, we do stop on the way. So the, you know, the scenery, the view, the mountains, uh, the changing landscapes, it's an incredible sight to see. So. Yeah, it is, it is remarkable just how much varied landscape there is in Morocco, right? You've got like snow capped mountains and you got deserts yes. and oases and towering cliffs along the ocean. It's, it's pretty neat. All right. So what day are we up to now? We are now up to uh, day number seven. So, and this is where. We have Merzuga stop and we have, we go through Tudra Gorge and then we stop. The last stop is going to be Warzazat for day number seven. Merzuga desert, it's an amazing desert. When you're driving in Merzuga, you'll see that on your right hand side, the landscape, it looks dark. The sand is actually black. And then on your left hand side, you see the sand dunes and those sand dunes, they, they move actually. And the, the thing is they have different colors. If you look at it from a distance, it looks like it's just one color, but it's actually four different colors and it changes. Depending on like the light and stuff? Yeah, from the yellow to the orange, exactly depending on the light, to the purple, to the pink. It's amazing. And also take advantage when you're in Merzuga, I would say around three in the morning, four in the morning. That's when a lot of people wake up because they want to see the colors in the sky, it's just, it's magnificent. It's, it's a must see and do when you get to Merzuga. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're not going to get a lot of sleep, but it's absolutely worth it. So <laughs> what's the accommodation like when you're there? That's a really good question. Normally what we do, we utilize luxury camps. So okay. in Merzuga, there's no, there's no sweet water. There's no tap water. It, all the water in Merzuga is salt water. It's not a drinking water at all. So uh, it's very important that we equip you with the water, have enough water in the vehicle for everybody, especially if you're going to be there for a day or two days. Also in Merzuga, the camps are air-conditioned. Uh, when you get to Merzuga, basically, you have an option of riding a camel to the camp or taking a quad or you can take uh, an SUV or a vehicle from the hotel to the camp. We did the camel ride. It's really worth it. It's very nice. They tell you 10 minutes, but it's not 10 minutes. It's actually about 45 minutes. And along the way, <laughs> you take a little break. <laughs> yeah, you take a break and it's a really, really nice break. Um, then you take pictures. You know, it's you. There's, there's a lot of other people that are going to different camps. Right. There's different camps. So it's just not going to be you or your group. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's 
Oh, it's a lot of camps. Um, some of them are just, you know, economy basic. Some of them are traditional, the bare minimum, and then some, the high end camps. And basically that's where we go. And it's, it's amazing. You take a little break and then you see the sundown. That's, that's the reason why they take that break because they want you to take pictures of the sunset of the desert. And it's just, it's, uh, it's a sight to see. It's magnificent, really. I've never been on a camel myself, but. I hear it's kind of comfortable. Like, <laughs> can people adapt to it pretty quickly? Well, that's a really good question. The camel to get into the camel and to get off the camel, it's a little tricky. But you you have your guide. You have the the camel, the the gentleman that handles the camel. He helps you. So it's it's a little bit easier. But for us men, going on straight path is perfectly fine. But when you going down, that's when it's it's a little bit uncomfortable. So okay. it can be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's definitely worth it. Do they hold more than one person at a time? Yes. They, they can have two people. Definitely, yes. So then you get to the camps, whether it's high-end luxury or something more simple. Regardless, do people always sleep in some kind of a tent? Yes, they do. First thing, when you get to the camp, you'll be greeted by, by a greeter, and he'll have Moroccan mint tea. He'll present it to all the guests, nice. and that's how they welcome you to your camp. And then you'll have your dinner. Uh, it's included in most tours. You know, if you book your tour with us or most, most companies, dinner is already included. So it's like a three-course meal. It's a really, really nice meal. And then after that, they'll have a party, singing and dancing on a campfire. It's a really, really nice atmosphere, uh, and people really have fun. The only thing that I would, I would recommend to stay away from, because even though sometimes they tell you that dinner is included, Mm. Normally, the soft drinks or alcoholic drinks are not included. Okay. Uh, and also, in this case, in Mirzuga, because there's no uh, running water, there's no drinking water. If you ask for a bottle of water, they'll, they'll charge you and they charge you a premium. Mm. Um, they don't tell you that at dinner, but the next day when you're having your breakfast and before you leave, they tell you, hey, you have a balance of, you know, 100 bucks or 200 bucks, which is, you know, just not right. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about scams in, in the last episode. And, and unfortunately, this is one of those cases as well. So if, if you prepared for your dinner, know that the soft drinks are not included because they'll charge you $10 for a bottle of Coke, which is oh, yeah. just, it's just not right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just those things to be careful when, you know, when you're at the camp. Right. As the as the traveler, can you prepare for that? Can you bring your own water from like the previous day or kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do recommend you bring in your own water. Um, you know, th- there's nothing wrong with it. And also we have plenty of water for you. In the okay. vehicle we store the water for you. Yeah, we do have a cooler, we have plenty of water for everybody. And then if we don't, then we'll we'll pay for it. We'll get it for you. But we just we don't want you to pay anything. That's good. Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. So we've spent one night in the camp, right? Yes. Yes, one night in the camp. Um, and, and then the next day, you'll have another option if you want to take the camels back to the hotel because that's where you have your luggage. Okay. Uh, or, you know, you can take a four by four. In our cases, we just did the four by four because it's quick and it's actually 10 minutes. So sure. uh, it's a quick ride. And I, one more question just about the camps too. Depends on the time of year, but what's the temperature like, whether it's during the day or at night? Uh, during the day, it's, it's pretty hot. It gets pretty hot, but there's, there's no humidity. That's the good thing. I would say in the summer times, July and August, you have to have the air conditioning on. 
some people actually like to sleep outside the camp, yes, hmm. outside the tent, because they just they just want to get that experience. You know, they just want to soak it in. Okay. And does it get very cold at night? Well, not in the summer times. It actually snows. You can there's there's snow, you know, winter time and it gets really, really cold. Mm. But the thing is when you do Merzuga in summertime and you do it for example in January or February, it's totally different experience. You'll think that it's it's not the same location or not the same camp because of you know, from winter to summer it's the weather is different, the temperature is different, the sky is different, the, uh-huh. the view at night is different. It seems like we're close to the sky. You know, during the winter time, so the stars are a lot more brighter. Yeah, if you get a chance to do both, I would absolutely recommend them. So I think we're up to day eight now. Is that right? Yes, um, we're still in day seven, and then when we from Merzuga, we're on the way to uh, what is that? We pass by Tinrir, which is uh, it's a village, which is the biggest village in Morocco, actually. And uh, we do make some stops sometimes at the village, um, but it's really really nice. So. And that's before going to Warzazet and making a stop in Warzazet. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend there? In Warzazet, uh, we spend one night and then we go through Eid bin Hiddu and then we make another stop uh, in Marrakesh. Um, so Warzazet, it's it's very popular. They, you know, Some people call it the Hollywood of Morocco because it has the, the Atlas Studios and right. and there's Kasbahs to see uh, uh, Tawrit, Eid bin Hiddu. It's part of it as well. So... In Warzazet, there's three or four sites that I would absolutely recommend to, to see. Museums, Kasbahs. And then the next stop is going to be Eid bin Hiddu. Eid bin Hiddu, it's, it's really known through Hollywood. They, they have filmed a lot of movies and series there. So it's, it's a very popular uh, destination. Then when you go to Eid bin Hiddu, the same thing. You can see the village, it's separate than, than the Kasbah. And the Kasbah is, is basically, you get to it, there's, there's a little bit of a bridge that you cross. It's really, really nice. They, they, they made so many movies at the Kasbah, actually. There's a lot of histories. And also it has a few museums as well. And you just need to check in and make sure that it's open. And you can just go inside and, and visit. It's definitely worth the visit. The tour guide is, is with them all the time. And, and I'm going to speak a little bit about tour guides. Tour guides are really, really, really what makes or breaks the tour. So if you have been to Morocco as a solo traveler, uh, that's amazing. It's really nice. If you have been on a tour, it's it's also amazing if you didn't have a tour guide. But when you have a tour guide, they come with so much more. It's the, the history, the knowledge, the culture, everything. You see it in their own eyes. You see it as, you know, it, it, the history literally becomes a life story for you. Right. So you enjoy it. You're going to go back uh, a lot richer in terms of the culture, in terms of the people, in terms of the experience. It's so much better, in my opinion. And also going through all these landscapes from city to city, the dialect is different. It's the same language, but we all have different accents. Then when you go to the mountains towards us, it's a different language. The same, they are Berbers, and you don't have to worry about everything. Um, the tour guide speaks their language. He interacts on your behalf. Also, for example, when you finish in here with, you know, your visits, uh, you go through Tizin Chishka, you go stop in the middle of the mountains for your, you know, meal, either lunch or if it's dinner, or if it's just a break. They facilitate everything for you. The tour guide is like a bodyguard, in my opinion, and also they offer you protection. So when you're in, in the middle of, you know, Fess, downtown, it's it's so crowded, it's so busy, people are walking Everywhere, nobody will come 
you know, a cost you. Nobody will come and say, hey, give me this or give me that. Or, hey, can you come to my shop and buy this for me? Or, hey, can you come to my restaurant and get, you know, sandwich or food or a meal? So that's what, you know, the tour guide does for you. When people see the tour guide with you, they just leave you alone. And then what it does for you is it makes you enjoy the experience a little bit more better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I cannot, re- you know, I cannot recommend them enough. The tour guides are really, really, really what make or break the tour. So if you book a tour with any tour company, I would highly recommend having a tour guide with you. If you are a solo traveler, I still would highly recommend a tour guide as well. It definitely keeps you safer and um, things are a lot more under control. So that's good. Do you still give people the chance to kind of wander and explore a bit on their own? In any place, of course. For for example, let's say in we're still in Eid bin Haddu. Eid bin Haddu, it's 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 a beautiful village. A lot of beautiful people. The Berber culture is very different in the mountains than it's in the city in the villages as well. So you'll see it. People are a lot more welcoming. And, you know, they're a little bit shy, but they're very good-hearted people. So, and one of the stops that we make here in Eid bin Haddu is we do activities, either painting, either you know, cooking classes anything similar to that so you get to see and and help the local community that's good and you get to interact with them with the women with the kids and it's a totally different experience you know uh, you'll get to make a a moroccan tagine or couscous or uh, whatever for the menu or whatever whatever you want to make for the day or just paint and at the end you know you take your your painting with you and that's just um, one of those things that stay with you for life so yeah that's great that's the stuff that, uh, that really lingers. That's cool. Oh, absolutely. And and the funny thing, a lot of people, they've seen the cities, they've stayed at luxury hotels. They want to see the nitty-gritty of the mountains, the souks, mm-hmm. you know, the, the markets in the mountains. They have lived the luxury. They want to see something very basic. They want to see something like they're going back in time for a little bit. So they want to see how the locals interact with each other, how they negotiate, how they buy and sell to yeah. each other. And we make sure... We plan those trips accordingly if they, because uh, some markets are on Wednesday, some markets are on Friday, some markets are on Saturday. So whatever they want to see, uh, we schedule it accordingly. Um, like, for example, in my, in my village, it's one day. It's uh, the souk. We call it the souk. It's, it's the biggest gathering of the week, and it's on Thursday. And that's where the, all merchants from Ait bin Haddu, from all other villages, come together to that big stop. And you can buy literally anything. And it starts around early, early morning, six in the morning. And then by three or four o'clock PM, everybody, they, they left. It looks just like a regular space. <laughs> so it's just, it's an amazing experience to see. And people love it. People love it. Well, it's nice then that you plan and structure the itineraries that way. So you're able to catch these things when they happen. I mean, the itinerary we make, it's really not ours. It's, it's the client. And when they call or have questions, we, we, we ask them what they want to see how many days they want to spend in Marrakesh or Fas or, you know, if they want to go to the south or to the desert or, you know, uh, and that's how we build it. We don't just say, hey, you know, we have this itinerary for you. Here it is. No, it's, it's, we build an itinerary. That's the only way. Otherwise, it's just, it's not a good fit. And we like it to be made to measure for the clients. We are, I think, now down to the last couple of days. So we end up in Marrakesh. Yes, that's right. We end up in Marrakesh and you relax, you know, get your dinner and then, you know, the next day we explore the history of Marrakesh. Uh, we start with the Jam al Square. The next day it is the Kutubiya Mosque and then the Souk. They're all next to each other. 
Then we take you to some museums and palaces uh, from you know the 11th century, the 12th, 15th century. So we get to see a lot of different um, museums and must-see attractions about Marrakesh. And then if you want to do cooking classes, we'll do cooking classes as well. And then we take you to one of the most popular gardens in Marrakesh. It's uh, the uh, YSL designer. That, that's his garden. Inside the garden, there's a museum as well. So in Marrakesh, there's so many things to see. It's jam-packed with activities, with things to do. And also, if you, know, you want to do spa, we'll schedule a spa for you. You want to do a massage, you want to do some makeup. Whatever you want to do, we'll get it scheduled for you. And that's what we, we recommend at the end of your tour. Just have a spa day. Yeah, that's a nice way to wrap it up. Absolutely, absolutely. So because you're still going to have a long trip ahead of you as well, mm. you know. If you're flying directly to the U.S., it's maybe seven hours. If you're going through Europe and to the U.S., it's maybe 12, 16 hours. Sure. So that's the right way to do it. And then the 10th day, they would end up back in Casablanca, really, at the international airport? That is correct. So on the 10th day, basically, we'll, they'll just have breakfast, okay. and then we transport them to Casablanca and get them ready for their flight, yes. Escape to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention and unforgettable adventures. From the enchanting streets of Marrakesh to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions, and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, destinationsmorocco.com, that's destinations with an S, morocco.com, and reserve your spot today. Have you found many guests of your tours who have then stuck around in the country and just kind of gone on to do their own thing for maybe another week or something? Oh, yes. A lot of them. Yes, they do. And also sometimes what happens is they, they, they'll say, hey, you know, I, I know I just did a 10-day. Can I add an additional day? Can I go? You know, I want to go so to see Sawero. I want to go see Agadir, which are a coastal cities, um, beautiful, beautiful cities, by the way. Um, especially Saudi because of its heritage, because of its culture. It's a small city with a lot of Jewish heritage. They have one of the biggest music festivals in summertime. So you'll see a lot of people flock into to Saudi mm. during the summertime. And also it's a very popular destination for surfing. They, they have uh, some international events for surfing as well in Saudi. So, and then in my opinion, one of the best things to do is you have to go and see the, uh, the fish market, the sardine. You have to <laughs> eat that. The grilled sardine is just, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, you cannot miss it. If you go to Sawara without you going to, uh, to the fish market and having a sardine, your trip is not complete. You have to go back and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so people, I guess it depends on their flights maybe, but can people then add an extra day once they're already in the country? Absolutely. Yeah, they can. Yes. It's their itinerary. They have control of it 100%. And everything we do, we do it on their terms. Let's say they want to switch. They want to change the itinerary. They can still do that. They can make any changes they want, add additional days. Definitely, yes. They're, they're in control, yes. Well, that's nice, yeah. I mean, I know it's uh, some of the resistance to the, the guided tours and you know group tours 
is that they can be so rigid, right? And you have to follow the schedule and you can't change it and all the rest. Yeah. So it's nice to have the opportunity to be, to be flexible. Well, the, in, in the group tour, it's, it, you have to be flexible. There's no way around it. You have to. In the group tour, basically, the activities can be divided. I'll give you an example. Let's say we're in Marrakesh or we're in Fas and somebody wants to, to go see the tanneries, you know, where they process the leather, they make the leather, you know, that, that experience. In my case, it takes about probably an hour to see it. Some, they want to go and see how the mosaic is made. They want to go to mosaic, Zilij in Moroccan, uh, how it's made. And that in itself takes, you know, two, three hours easily. Uh, so we can divide the group. And let's say one or two people, they want to, they don't want to do anything. They just want to chill. They, they can just chill. And then we can, you know, they'll caught up with us at the end. We'll drop them off at the hotel. Then we pick them up afterwards and, and bring them to the, uh, to the rest of the, uh, of the group. So it's, it's really, really easy to handle that way. You still have the, uh, the, the freedom to do whatever you want to do. And, you know, if you just don't want to see anything, you can do, just don't see anything, you know, we'll, then we'll pick you up for the next stop or for the next day. So. Okay. That's good. All right. I'd like to wrap it up by looking at some of the logistics. So now we've heard what a typical 10 day tour can look like, you know, and you really get a nice taste of Morocco and all the different attractions and different landscapes and activities and all of that. So that's great. I mean, there's just so much to look forward to. If I was interested in taking a tour, what's the best way to go about, you know, booking it and making the reservation? Well, you can contact us directly either through our social media platforms or the website. Um, and then we schedule a discovery call. We want to make sure we are a good fit for you, your needs. Yeah, okay. And then after that, we explain to you how our process works and the fees also that we charge and, and, and how we go about terms and condition and, and cancellations and all that stuff. And that's what sets us for the next step to take. Let's say we do the call and it's, it's open call. It can be 30 minutes, an hour. It can be mini calls, just not just one. We can do mini calls. There's no charge for them. Hmm. And then when you decide to hire us, then we send you the contract and our fees. And normally for a regular tour, we start at $350, $350. And that's a planning fee. And it's non-refundable. But if you book with us, that $350 goes towards your payment. And that $350, you don't have to go right away. And it's good for six months. Let's say we talk in January, you pay your fees. That booking is still good until June because we, we have the itinerary for you. We have everything for you. You can always change it or modify it and stuff like that. Yes. In terms of cancellations, we have changed it. We have to adapt just like most, a lot of companies have done. And some they've done a really, really amazing job in their cancellations. And in our case, instead of doing two months, we're actually doing one month cancellations. So, and the reason is because of the venues we work with and, and our suppliers as well. So we have to, to go by their cancellations and stuff like that. What sort of documentation might be required aside from a passport to get into Morocco? Well, right now, because of COVID, um, you have to be vaccinated to get into the country. And also you have to have, um, you know, your COVID negative test for eight hours before you travel. Um, those are the requirements. If you are a U.S. citizen, you don't need a visa. A lot of countries don't need a visa to travel to Morocco. Americans, they can stay in Morocco for three months without any issues. If there are changes to especially the COVID uh, policies, do you then update the guests who have paid the, like the booking fee? They're already along the way? 
Yes, and with COVID, everything has changed. Uh, there's cancellations. Yeah. There's you know the government shuts down. You know there's no travel, and we have to to accommodate the guests. Um, you know we'll issue the refunds if they wanna for us to keep the funds, and they they just reschedule their booking. We do that as well, but we never had an issue with the cancellation. Everybody gets their money back hundred percent. That's good. Well, of course, we hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely. Which reminds me also about uh, travel insurance. Is there any insurance included? Is there a certain type you recommend? That's a really good question. We only do tours. We don't do air travel. But if somebody asks us to do air travel for them, we will we will help or make recommendations. And also, travel insurance is not included. However, there's there's a lot of great options for travelers, and it just really depends. On, on few things. It depends on your age. It depends on, you know, are, are you traveling by yourself? Is it a family travel? So those are, you know, a few things to look into. Uh, are there any kids mm. traveling? And they're, you know, 18, 16. So uh, those are the things to take in consideration. Some of the, I'm not recommending any, but I would say just look into Alliance Insurance, Chubb Insurance. Mm. I believe the other one is Safeguard Insurance because they will have different packages. I'm not certified, but I'm just legally, you know, I don't want to be held responsible, but those are the recommendations that I would do. So just look into those because we will send you an insurance waiver. Uh, If you decide to purchase the insurance, then you can purchase it through them, not through us. And they'll, uh, they'll answer any questions that you might have about the insurance. If you decide not to, not to purchase it, then it's, it's perfectly fine with us. We just get, you know, that you, we have suggested and you have declined it. Right. Again, I don't recommend any of them, but I would recommend you do your homework and research and see which one is the best fit for you. Very good question, by the way. Thank you, Ted. Mm -hmm. Are there any other health preparations maybe to make? perhaps particular medication or, you know, just things to, to keep you safe uh, for water, things like that? Well, um, I w- that's a good question. I normally, this is what I do. I, you know, it's it's kind of sound kind of weird, but um, I always take uh, fever medication with me, um, stomach mm-hmm. upset medication with me, wipes. I take wipes with me as well. So, you know, just a few things. And also in terms of food, that's one of the easiest way that can get you sick in Morocco. It's not because it's not good, right. but it's because of, it's different than what we are used to in the U.S., especially when you go to the mountains. For Americans or foreigners, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to, to get adjusted to it. So if you eat it, but just don't eat too much of it, because that's one of the ways that you can easily get sick. And also watch what you eat. Uh, now the food in, in, in the square Jamefna is 10 times better than what it used to be. Uh, in my case, growing up. So the food, I would definitely say pay attention to it. Uh, when you eat something, just don't eat too much of it because you don't know yet how your system and your stomach is going to react to it. It's going to be delicious, but it may become a little bit uncomfortable afterwards. <laughs> so, Can you like acclimatize to the food within 10 days or would it really yes. take longer than that? Yeah, you can. You can. It's just because you have to ease your system to it. The other thing is, go into the desert. There's a lot of restaurants, go into Merzuga. There's a lot of restaurants actually that serve camel meat. And camel meat, you have to be very careful. It's very delicious, very tasty. And you're probably not going to be able to finish a six-ounce piece of meat. It's going to fill you up. If you eat it for lunch, you're probably not going to have your dinner that night. It's very, very good meat. But also, 
can give you some stomach pain. You know, just take a few bites. It's okay. But then don't eat too much of it. Well, hey, this has been a great overview of what to expect going to Morocco and a typical tour. It's really given us a good taste of things because I think a lot of people, as we've been starting this podcast and starting to explain the country, and it's like, okay, like I want to learn more about the logistics and the details and what's it actually like when I go and how do I get around. So that's why we did this episode to start getting into that. And I mean, there's lots more we can explore. We can talk more about food and we can talk about arts and crafts and cultural experiences and all kinds of activities and more about the accommodation. I mean, lots of different topics, but this has been a really good overview to just get a sense of what to expect if people are uh, hopefully planning to go and hopefully before too long. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ted. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed it. For me, it's been a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk to Ted. Uh, we're going to have some really interesting topics for the rest of the season. We're going to talk about Jewish heritage, talk about weddings, talk about some activities to do once you're in Morocco, you know, from Hanna to uh, cooking classes and, and so forth. So thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast. Our dedicated show website, DestinationMoroccoPodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five-minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then. You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com. And let us turn your dreams into reality. Your amazing Moroccan experience awaits.